Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. I had two hair transplants before I met him. I have a huge scar in the back of my head to prove it. The procedure was uncomfortable. The recovery was really uncomfortable. And it was the complete opposite working with Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. The procedure was so comfortable, I actually took videos while the procedure was going on and posted them on Twitter. If I was in pain, I can promise you I would not have been doing that. And the recovery was actually very, very easy. Uh, There is a new uh, technique that he is using that isn't used by a lot of people that do this. And, And that gave me a lot of confidence in going with him. Plus, I really liked him and his staff. I'm tired of wearing hats. I'm tired of my hair falling out, and I cannot wait for my hair to start growing in. So if this sounds like you or someone you know, you need to go with Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. And also, if you mention you heard this on the show, you're going to save 500 bucks. Go to denverhairsurgery.com. That's denverhairsurgery.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace, let's uh, talk a little bit uh, specific about Malik Willis. Interviewed well with the Broncos this week, according to uh, sources out there and you. It was his second interview with the Broncos, but his first with the coaches. One thing that jumped out to you at the Senior Bowl was the fact that he looked smooth on the play fake boot, which is something that Nathaniel Hackett is going to want to run. You saw them run it more than a few times with Aaron Rodgers. And Willis did it well despite working in the rain and the wind, and his arm strength uh, certainly was unquestioned in the wind and the rain. From what I understand, he looked better than anybody throwing in those conditions. Mm-hmm. So we know the arm talent's there. We also talked about his character, the video that was on social media yesterday, how he was helping somebody who was certainly less fortunate. He didn't know that the guy was taping it. And as you and I have talked about, you learn about somebody's character when nobody's watching, and he didn't think anybody was watching. You have also been told his football IQ is really good because he, for lack of a better phrase, mastered the whiteboard. With that, do you think the Broncos are going to pick him at nine if he's available? Do you think they trade up to get him? Or do you think they have their eye on somebody else at the dance? I think they are in the process of evaluating whether they could get him by standing pat or whether they're going to have to move up. I don't think they've come to a decision. I think they are. I I think they really like him at this point, maybe not love, but really like, and then it becomes a question of what are you willing to do knowing that you may have to make another move because there are other teams that really like him as well. Apparently. Okay. So just, just out of, just for the sake of this conversation, If you had to guess, and it really would be a guess, or just say, you know what, I have absolutely no clue. Mm -hmm. Who do you think Washington likes? 
I have no clue right now. I think they I think they wish they could get Russell Wilson. Well, I'm talking about yeah. in the draft. Yeah, in the draft. I I do I not think the know. I think the Broncos are like Aaron Rodgers. I think I th- I don't know specifically. I suspect they like Kenny Pickett, but I don't know specifically. Well, this is what mock drafts are for. And I'm oh. not talking about Mel Kiper and Todd McShay. If you don't know this already, Teams do multiple, multiple mock drafts, uh-huh. and they have plenty of intel on what they believe other teams are going to do. If they really like Malik Willis, but believe Washington is not going to trade up, uh-huh. and Carolina, if they're going to draft a quarterback, they want Kenny Pickett, they'll stand pat. But if they really like Malik Willis, they are going to have to move. If their mock is right and they don't believe anyone is going to leap ahead, and and I I think you can make the case, this might be one of the most important mock drafts for the Broncos in a very, very long time because it has to do with a quarterback. You are rolling the dice that a guy is going to fall to you. But think about the possibilities. If they hit their mock draft, they want Malik Willis. They don't have to trade anything at all. Mm -hmm. And then they have a pair of seconds and a pair of thirds. And this draft is deep at offensive tackle and pass rush, an area where the Broncos do have needs. So if their mock draft is spot on on the guy that they want, they'll get Willis. If, if they're right on their mock draft, but then they could really parlay those picks by moving up and maybe knocking out two other positions. Right. And that I think is a key thing. If they, if they can find ways to cross right tackle and edge rusher off of the checklist. And, and by the way, I think edge rusher is going to be high on their checklist, even if they do sign an edge rusher in free agency. I think this is a, uh, they're looking at Bradley Chubb really as kind of a one, uh, one year at this point, right? They're looking to supplement for the short term, get it right for the long term. The other thing that I think comes into play when they're talking about Malik, Malik Willis is this. We talk a lot about the quarterbacks in next year's draft, right? How, oh, it's CJ Stroud and Bryce Young that have a good chance to go one, two, Stroud of Ohio State, Young out of Alabama. The, this, but what you are actually discussing here, I think, is not where Malik Willis compares with those two. Because the Broncos, there's enough talent on the roster. I do not believe that anybody in their right mind thinks that this team is going to finish one of the two worst records in football this year. No. So it's a, it's a question of not how Malik Willis compares to those two. It's how Malik Willis compares to the possibilities of QB three. Okay. And so that's where you're looking at, for example, Hendon Hooker of Tennessee, Jay Kaner of, uh, of, of Fres of Fresno state. Get out of Florida. Well, yeah. Anthony Richardson, right. Who is, has a lot of talent, yes, but is barely, does. but is barely played. Uh, Phil Yurkovic out of Boston college, even Keaton Slovis, who was hyped at SC and now is going transferred to Pitt and is hoping to kind of, have the same sort of bump in his last year at Pitt that Kenny Pickett had this past year, although it's worth noting that the offensive coordinator at Pitt really helped Kenny Pickett is now working at Nebraska. That's Mark Whipple. But that's what you have to ask. Who do you think is going to be QB3 next year, and is Malik Willis a better prospect than those guys? If your answer is 
He's a better prospect, plus we get started on his development right now, which puts him ahead of where those other guys would be. Then I think you start trying to put the pieces in place to make sure you come out of the draft with him. Well, here, but here's something else to consider as well, if we're being completely honest, right? Uh, you don't have all the data about the quarterbacks next year, and this is what I mean. If Joe Burrow didn't play that final season with LSU, I don't know if he would have been a fourth-round pick. If you would have had the kid out of North Carolina that you love, Sam if he, Howell, yep. if Sam Howell would have come out last year, he would have been maybe the third-best quarterback in the draft. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of it depends on what happens the following year. By the way, I want to take a hard right turn here. What Besides, when you talk about hand size, when you talk about hand size, I'm talking about Kenny Pickett. When you talk about hand size, when your hand is that small, what conditions do they say is, is least favorable for a guy with small hands? Uh, wind and rain. Where did he play college football again? It was Florida, right? Or did he play in Columbia? So a nice warm weather climate. He played at USC, right? Or did he play at Puerto Vallarta University? Where did he play again? Pitt. Oh, because they have great weather all the time. Right. Of course, don't forget they they yeah they don't have great weather all the time. Okay, so so, so wait. Now that being said, remember that one that one third of the NFL season takes place after the college football regular season ends. Okay, so you get to December and you face some conditions. Now that 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 could be foul. That being said, I will share with you what Kenny Pickett did on a rainy night. Thursday night, yep. Veterans Day, this past November, yep. against North Carolina. Sam Howell was on the other side in that game, right? Yeah. 25 of 43. So not the greatest in terms of accuracy. Terrible. That, not, not the greatest. That's awful. 346 yards. That's good. Three touchdowns, one interception. Not bad. I'll take that. And Pitt eked out a 30-23 to 23, uh, win in overtime. By the way, Sam Howell, 22 of 33, 296 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. The difference between the two was that uh, Sam Howell had had 28 rushing yards, which includes sacks, by the way. Kenny Pickett had minus 11 rushing yards, again, including the four times that he was sacked. Well, one thing that you would have to do is, is a deep dive over the last yeah. couple of years mm-hmm. and then look at the box score. And at the bottom of the box score, in case you don't know this watching or listening, it will yeah. tell you the actual conditions of that yes. game. What uh-huh. was the temperature? What was the wind? Was there ice? Was there sleet? Was there snow? So on and so forth. Uh-huh. Now, I'm with you. In September, it's probably going to be nice in Pittsburgh. Yes. I'm with you on that. And he had some, and he had some very, like he had uh he had six touchdowns in one September game, five touchdowns in another September game this past year. Uh worth noting that they were against Western Michigan and New Hampshire. Although that Western Michigan game pit lost and if the Broncos decide to sit on quarterback and yep. uh, wait until to take a day three flyer, Western Michigan has Caleb Ellaby, who the Broncos also met with here right. at the combine. All right. Coming up next, there is a guy who has literally tortured North Carolina fans for years. Literally. And he has a chance. Literally. He has literally tortured North Carolina fans for years because for as great as Dean Smith was, Far, far, far from as accomplished as Mike Krzyzewski. And tomorrow, 
Krzyzewski will likely get another crack in his final crack at North Carolina in his final season. Mace, I want you to think about this. Rivalries are based on hatred. You love to cheer hard against the guy you hate. And really, it's, you can say it's about the players. It's about Christian Leitner and all the other guys throughout the years. But you really hate the coach because the coach is the face of that franchise. With that, are you kind of disappointed that the rivalry, in theory, while it will stay intact, the hatred might not be as venomous because Krzyzewski's retiring. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Man, when you say, I don't know, when you say, I, my mind, Carolina, you're not talking about North Carolina when it comes to basketball. You're talking about Duke. They're in Carolina. You're not talking about North Carolina State. You're not talking about North Carolina. You're talking about Duke. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now. Tell me something really quick, though, yeah. Eric. Yeah. Of the schools that play men's college basketball in North Carolina, which one has more national titles? At the end of the day, those national titles were spread out. For Mike Krzyzewski, riddle me this, Batman. Who's the greatest basketball coach in NCAA well, history? Well, well, that's fine, but you were talking about the programs. Mm -hmm. North Carolina has the most national titles. Yeah. North Carolina has the most recent national title. Okay. North Carolina has more national titles in the last 20 seasons. Okay. Take that for data. North Carolina has what? The most national titles of however many seasons? In the last 20 seasons. Okay. And they, they have, have three titles in the last 20 seasons. Duke has two. Okay. And who's been to more Final Fours? It's, it's only the difference between one. Who's been to more Final Fours? Overall, I think North Carolina has. No, and I'm talking about during that stretch over the last 20 years. Last 20 years? Yeah. Um, Let's see. Duke went has two titles, and they also went to the Final Four in 04. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that might I think that might be it. North Carolina, in addition to three national titles, also went to the Final Four in uh, 08 and uh, 2016. Okay. At the end of the day, any reasonable person would take Duke basketball, I even though North Carolina has more national titles. You can fight it all day you want. No, I, you're, I, I'm just literally, I'm literally telling you, okay. you know, what about the accomplishments over history mm -hmm. and accomplishments recently. And I don't think, and when I'm literally telling you that North Carolina has been to more final fours, okay. has more national titles, and even has more of both in the last 20 years. And you're saying you take Duke. I question that. Would you? That doesn't seem logical to me. Okay. So well, when was the first national title they won? 1957. Okay, and, and you you watched that game on TV, right? Because I'm an Indiana guy, and I didn't watch the team in the 40s that won. 
So, 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 it doesn't mean it did. It doesn't mean these things didn't happen. I, 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 okay. I'll ask you. Okay. Would you rather have more national titles Mm -hmm. as a North Carolina fan overall dating back to however far back you go, or would you rather have less national titles and go through the dominating stretch that you would actually enjoy that Mike Shashevsky ushered through Durham, North Carolina? Um, Don't don't even go there. You would rather enjoy it. You no. at, you at, but it's not like North Carolina was chopped liver. I didn't when say, I didn't Shevsky say was there. I, I mean, didn't. No, listen. At, at the end of the day, I know what happened in 1978 uh, with Jim Spinarkle and Mike Jaminski. I read John Feinstein's Forever Team. I know they were good in 1978, but it really took off in 1986. You are a fan of North Carolina, and I think that's great. And you have an unbelievable program overall throughout the course of history. Uh, it's ironic that blue is in both of their colors, Duke in North Carolina and Kentucky. They are true blue bloods. Kansas, too. Kansas as well. Yeah, UCLA. But, but would you rather have a dominant stretch like Duke had as a fan that you would remember like it's yesterday or have a couple of more national titles that you don't even remember? Because with North Carolina, for lack of a better phrase, it was sporadic. For, and especially the disappointment with Dean Smith not winning more. And Dean Smith was a fantastic coach. That was yeah. the number one criticism of him. What I'm saying is Duke dominated for a 10 to 15 year stretch, right? So would you rather have that or crow about your title in 1956? Well, but the thing, but the other thing also is that, you know, are we saying that North Carolina didn't have dominant stretches. I mean, at one in, in my lifetime mm-hmm. and I was old enough to appreciate this, that program, North Carolina went through a stretch of 27 consecutive years, making the NCAA tournament. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I just don't, again, I, this was not the original intent of the discussion, but I would, I, the other thing about North Carolina is that they've won their national titles with three coaches. Duke is about to go through the test here of what they can achieve without Mike Shashevsky because all of the because almost all of their major accomplishments have occurred with Mike Shashevsky, whereas North Carolina has won titles with three different coaches. So, if I'm not mistaken, okay, I'm, and I'm going to ask you about the Boston Red Sox real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. They went, what, 60, 70 years in between titles, something like that, maybe even more years? Uh, right? they, went from, they went from 1918 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, through 2004. So they literally went, uh, uh, eight, they went 86 years. Okay. So being a Boston Red Sox fan, you are proud to wear that B on your cap. But yeah. For all those years, it was painful, absolutely excruciating. And you know what made it worse? The Yankees were winning titles when Boston could not win, could not win a title. That would that that would be a, a good comparison if Boston had won had won titles in that span and had won and had won as many basically as many titles. They as, watched. As they watched yeah. the Yankees win. Yeah. Right. Kind, yeah, but, kind but, of kind of like over a like fifteen year stretch where yes. Duke was always top four, 
always making the Final Four, winning titles. My point is I know that the Yankees have won more titles than the Red Sox, 27 and 9. I also understand that North Carolina has won more titles than Duke. But at the end of the day, those 15 years were painful, not only not winning, but watching your rival consistently win. Watching the rival consistently win, I agree, was painful. Yeah. At the same, but it's, but Carolina was going to a lot of Final Fours in that stretch, too. And so that's, and, and won a national title in that stretch in 1993. So that, I think, because of that, I never, it was painful, but it was never like, oh my gosh, we can't, uh, we can't beat Duke because they were beating Duke. They, 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 they actually, the only really hard stretch of that was the late was right after Dean Smith retired. Uh, and actually not in 98, but like in 99, 2000, 01, 02, there was a moment when Matt Doherty was in there and Carolina really did fall behind and Duke won a national title in 01 and went back to the final four in 04. There was about a five year stretch there where, yeah, it was really painful, but that was it. Right. And starting after, yeah. from and then Roy Williams came in and it normalized things again. Right. Listen, North Carolina is a fantastic program. With that, with that, Mike Shishat. We're arguing literally between probably the two best programs of the last forty years, right? No, I I take I take Kentucky. Okay. I I I, I would take Kentucky over either of those. I I not 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 over Duke. Not over Duke. How many national titles does Kentucky have in the last forty years? Well, we were, so now we're talking 40 years. So, so wait, well, is, is saying, an Indiana yeah. fan 1940 well, reason, doesn't count reason, for me? Because 1957 well, re- counts for you. Well, the reason why I'm saying that is I went 40 years because we're talking about Mike Krzyzewski's time. So, because that, and that's what spurred this discussion. Well, at the end of the day, when you're, okay, how many, they have won mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right. Yeah, they've won eight national titles and they've right. won three of them in the last 40 years. So I would say in the last 40 years, the better programs are North Carolina and Duke than Kentucky. Um, let's see. 1978, they won four. How many did North Carolina win? Five? Uh, in that span, five. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, let's go. Uh, let's move on. With Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> retiring, does it take any starch out of the collar? with this rivalry, with him retiring? Is it almost kind of like you like to root against the guy you hate? I know you hate Christian Leitner, and you hated Bobby Hurley, and you hated Shane Battier. I get all that. But but this was the guy that stirred the drink. He was the straw that stirred the drink. Does it take anything away from the rivalry that the guy who kept getting to Final Fours and had such an unbelievable stretch as walking away, is there a part of you that would rather him stay so you can beat him instead of beating, I don't know, Johnny Dawkins as the head coach? John Shire's going to be the next coach. So Glenbrook North grad. Yeah. Um, I went to Glenbrook South. Yeah, absolutely there is. And you know the funny thing is, I think a lot of Duke people will tell you the same thing about Roy Williams retiring. Look, it, it's it, to me with no no disrespect to Hubert Davis, but it's he shouldn't be the coach for this last game with Shevsky. You know what I'm saying? Well, who should be? It it should be it should be Roy Williams, but he le- but he left last year. Wait, well, he was going to come out of retirement to coach one game. No, it's just but it just it it would Dang feel Gumbit. Different. 
Damn, no, daggummit, like, that's it, what it he would, would say, daggummit. It would feel different because one of the things that uh, that really, I, and I think, and Shashevsky and will admit that the other program eight miles down the road made Duke better. And Carolina sure. people will admit that having Duke eight miles down the road put pressure on them. Sure. And yeah, and, and look, if, you know, if John Shire can't handle the role, it's going to take a lot of starch out of this rivalry. And just as if Hubert Davis can't handle that job, it's going to take the starch out of the rivalry from the Carol from the Carolina end. I mean, we're we're kind of, you know what? We're kind of going into what a rivalry like Ohio State, Michigan in football endured when both Bo Shem Beckler and Woody Hayes were gone, right? Yep. We know about what the the ten year war that they had, and then of course Woody punched Charlie Bauman and was fired, and then you still had Bo and then Earl Bruce. And it was pretty good for a while, but then when when Bo walked away, it, Michigan Ohio State for a while kind of was in the weeds compared to what it had been. Right? Yep. It wasn't the same, and this right and, and look ESPN crap crafts their programming around for multiple nights a year around this rivalry. This is the one college basketball game that gets college football like ratings, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to lose a lot with Krzyzewski not in this. And we, I mean, we could be talking about Carolina Duke a couple of years from now. If neither of these coaches can, can, can keep pace. We could be talking about North Carolina Duke for a moment being an afterthought. Now, right. there's so much inertia and history in those programs and so much pressure to where uh, if a coach isn't up to the task, they're going to figure it out, back the Brinks truck up to somebody who will bring them back, kind of like Kentucky ultimately said, we've got to get John Calipari, right? Yep. So I don't think So I don't think it'll stay down forever, but I think in the short term, not having Shashevsky out there, this is definitely going to cost this rivalry some punch. Yeah. Absolutely. Will. By the way, I'm going to go back to what we talked about at the beginning, because mm -hmm. just for fun, I looked it up. When I talked yeah. about that stretch, Duke went to the Final Four six times in seven years. Yeah, from it, late it, 80s, early 90s. It, yeah. it, it was like the sun coming up. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, they went to 10 Final Fours in 18 years. That is less than two times every, every single... Every single Final yeah. Four, they were there every two years. So, listen, I, I get it with North Carolina basketball. I get that they've won one more title. But at the end of the day, to be a Duke fan, to know you're going to be in the Final Four every two years over a 20-year stretch, I'll take that over one extra national title. You wouldn't? I wouldn't. I'd rather have Carolina's history. And also Duke's history the, is just as good. Yeah, but I but I'd also rather with Carolina. I'd rather have the history that shows that they can be at that they can be at that level with multiple coaches, and that's something we're about to learn with Duke, whether they can get there without Mike Shashevsky. Oh, that's, that's your argument. So your argument is now: can they do without Mike Shashevsky? Really? Abs absolutely. Hey. Yeah, they. Duke, you know what they did? You know what they did? I'll tell you what yeah. they did, okay? They poached one of the greatest coaches of all time who is getting killed in Kansas because he could not win a national title. And, oh, by the way, Roy Williams yeah. happened to coach under Dean Smith. 
They lucked oh, out. Yeah. It's not like they just found this guy out of nowhere. It's not like they took this guy from, I don't know, uh, Grambling, or they picked this guy out from Montana State. No, they had the their t- guy t- in waiting, ready to go. Yeah, but the te- and look, the test is going to come. They had a Hall of Fame head coach hey, hey, ready to test coach. It, let me finish my thought. The test is going to come if Hubert Davis doesn't work out. And I would say, although they're 22-8, and eight, the early returns are just okay at this point. And if he's not the guy, Carolina is going to have to dis- make the same decision that a school like Kentucky ultimately did, which is – you have to go outside the family to get it right. To get it right, and there's it, that. And Duke, if John Shire's not the guy, Duke's going to come to that point too. The, and that's going to that. This may be what defines that rivalry in the next ten years. Is is if these successors, and it's you know, no one wants to replace a legend, right? It's almost impossible. Listen, good. Do they good. are these schools willing to say, all right, let's detach from the family that's been built? And just get the best person that we can find for the job. Because ultimately these programs are, like you said, they are blue bloods. Good. And, ulti- and, and right. as we see, ulti- for the most part, the blue bloods can be down, but they don't stay down. I'll end with this. Good for North Carolina having Roy Williams as an assistant under Dean Smith. And I'm sure he learned a lot from Dean Smith. Okay? No No question. But Roy Williams was a borderline Hall of Fame coach at Kansas. It's not like they're picking one of the former players. They brought in a heavyweight champ to take over the program. Not like John Shire or anybody else. And Hubert Davis. They had a proven winner walk into their program. That was the wind in their sails. And remember, they didn't. They had to go through Bill Guthridge a few years and then Matt Doherty before they got there. He didn't want to replace Dean Smith. He didn't even want to replace Bill Guthridge, who went to two Final Fours in three years. And so that because nobody really wants to replace somebody who's really successful. And that's why Duke ultimately probably thought our best shot here is continuity, because who was going to want to go to Durham and replace Mike Krzyzewski? Coming up after the break, Combine is over. Is that fair to say? Not really over, but over. Isn't it kind of? Or there's one more day, isn't there? Oh, there's two. Well, That's there's two more days of workouts right. here on the field. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. it's not over. With that, we're going to talk about the Combine testing. 40-yard dash, vertical jump, three-cone drill. Mace, what would you be great at? Danny, what would you be great at? What wouldn't you be great at? That's next. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. I see. We can dance. We can dance, everything's out of control. But we can dance, we can dance. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Mace, real quick, I was thinking about this in the break. I want to ask you, talking about North Carolina Duke, okay? Mm-hmm. Here is my parallel. Okay. North Carolina is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They won Super Bowls in the 70s. They made they made a Super Bowl appearance in the, I don't know if they won the, in the 90s they did and recently, right? So since mm-hmm. the 70s, they've always been a very successful franchise, right? Yes, okay. very, very much so. Very consistent. And Duke is... The Patriots. For a 20-year stretch, they absolutely dominated. Would you rather be a Pittsburgh fan or a New England fan? 
I'd rather be a Pittsburgh fan. Okay. At this point, I'm digging in. I know you are. Time now. Time now for what's trending. <laughs> what's trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. By the way, moving forward, all you have to say to me, that's the key phrase. I'm digging in, and then we just have to move on. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to convince you. Not that I'm trying to convince you. But you, no matter what, you don't care what I have to say. You care, but you well, don't care. when it comes to Carolina, there you go. Carolina basketball, all right. I've, got the, I've got the galloping TB as in true believerism. So Okay, well, enjoy the game tomorrow. Okay, uh, let's talk about the combine. There are a lot of things tested physically. 40-yard dash, bench press. Vertical jump, broad jump, 20-yard shuttle, three-cone drills, 60-yard shuttle, and then you have position-specific drills. Um, With that, Danny, I'll start with you. What would you be the best at? Probably vertical jump. Okay. I I still have some hops from my basketball and volleyball days, so I think I can get up there pretty well. Mace? Uh, uh, None of the above. I'm just going to say broad jump. The broad the broad jump, yeah. What, what if a, I, I'm not going to run very fast? I'm not. I'm not going to be able to cut quickly enough. Right. In the three cone or the short shuttle, but I can probably, you know, I, I've I can probably uh, get one explosive broad jump. So if, so just uh, just for fun, just throw out a number that you could probably do right now. Five feet, know. ten feet. I don't know the metric. To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know. Five so, feet. I guess. Five I feet. Okay. So that. do you think if you had one shot like Eminem, you had one shot at it? Okay. And there was a Moscow mule sitting at seven feet. Could you get there? No. All right. I, I w- well, let's put it this way. I, if I did, I would fall backwards and it would nullify the jump. Okay. My yeah. best would be the bench press by far. By far would be the bench yeah. press. Yeah. 225 pounds. Yeah. I think I yeah. could probably, I, I could, I could probably push that six to 10 times right now. The, the interesting thing about that, watching that today because that's one that is open for the media to sit down and watch. And I watched the O lineman go through it. The ones that really that were able to have the biggest numbers, in other words, on at two twenty five, they were able to get up to twenty eight, thirty, thirty two reps. Yeah. The thing that I that, that all of them have in common is as they got later on, they were able to even though they were down on the bench, they were able to use their lower body to help get that extra strength. You could even see their legs kind of quivering yeah. a bit. As they were getting those extra reps, right. they were able they were able to find something. And then guys that were just kind of upper body focused didn't have the same number that the guys that lose use their whole body did. What would you be the worst at, Danny? I'm pretty sure my worst would be the bench. I don't think I've ever benched 225, and I don't plan to. I don't have a ton of interest. You in don't it. plan it. It's not on the calendar somewhere. <laughs> no, okay. no, it's not a goal I'm working towards or anything like that. I'm not working towards a goal. But I no, mean, I'm just saying, yeah. I, it's, yeah, I don't think I could do 225 once, maybe okay. once, but Mace, it'd be the bench because all my strength is lower body. It's not upper body. Okay, I'll give I'll give you one that would be my worst that I know I couldn't finish with a good time. The last time I tried to sprint, okay, I was racing my daughter. I pulled both hamstrings within oh. 10 yards and I crumbled to the asphalt. I don't even want to try it. I have no interest in even making an effort because of what happened last time. So I'm out on that. That's bad. No, thanks. 
I don't I don't care if there's a pizza delivery man and I paid for it and I'm trying to hunt him down. That guy's going to get away with the pizza. No <laughs> doubt about it. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Well, you guys talked about the Duke Carolina matchup. There's a couple other really big matchups in men's college basketball this weekend. We will go over some of those on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. And we have Kevin. We do have Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Doing good. How about you? And, and when I say Kevin, you're thinking, who's Kevin? You've heard me talk about Kevin. Kevin from Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. I got my uh, HVAC unit from Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Customer service is fantastic. I think my favorite part, besides getting a great deal and great customer service, is you guys said you were going to show up at noon, and you showed up at noon on the dime. And so many people... In, in industries like yours, 15 minutes late, 30 minutes late, they don't even apologize. Right then I knew this is the company I need to work with. So thank you for that. Uh, I know it's supposed to snow this weekend. So, you know, it's important to have your furnace working. But we are getting into HVAC season. What do you have going on for our listeners, for your customers, who will be your customers, our listeners? So we've got some great uh Specials going on. Uh, I want to mention our financing because that usually you got a lot of projects in the springtime. We've got a new finance plan that just rolled out, which is 24 months, no interest, no payment. Really? Uh, so you can get a lot of that done and not have to make any payments uh, and don't pay any interest for 24 months. And no payments either? No payments either. What? Wait, you're saying to people, hey, you can Crazy. have this for two years? Yes, sir. I heard you correctly. Hey, here's an HVAC unit. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you in two years. I'm hearing you correctly. You're hearing me correct. No payment, no interest for 24 months. Are you nuts? How do you do business? (laughs) That's just our great relationship. It's not me. They're crazy. They said, hey, we want to offer people in Denver uh, 24 months, no interest, no payments on uh, their projects this spring. So let's roll it out. And here we are. And you're going to give them the best product out there, RUD, to boot. Yep. Jeez. We do only uh, premium-grade equipment. So all of our stuff is going to come with a 10-year warranty, parts and labor. So anything happens in 10 years, we're going to fully take care of that. I mean, I don't think, how can you pass this up? You don't have to pay for two years. Are you kidding me? Man, I no, wish when I got my HVAC unit, I, I could have done that. Can we? Can, <laughs> yeah. can, can you funnel money back to me over over the next two years, and then I'll just give it back to you in full, and I can invest it? Can we do that? How about we just have you uh, do more projects around the house, and we'll do it for twenty four months. I'm not handy. As as, as <laughs> the people who came out to the house, they know I'm not handy. How do people get a hold of you, Kevin? 
Best way is a website, MightyPH.com. Kevin, have yourself a great weekend, my friend. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. See you, pal. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Well, you guys talked about the big game on Saturday between Duke and North Carolina, but outside of the ACC, there's some other big conference matchups as well as the college basketball season winds down here. We've got number 13, Tennessee, hosting number 14, Arkansas. Number 21, Texas at number 6, Kansas. And number 16, USC at number 17, UCLA. Those games are spaced out throughout the day, so you can pretty much watch all of them. But which do you think will be the most entertaining matchup for fans to watch as these as these teams close out their regular season schedules? Well, SC UCLA is going to be really interesting. Of course, SC coming off of a disaster against Arizona on uh, on two on Tuesday night, and uh, you know Texas and Kansas though always play entertaining games. I think that's that's one I think is worth keeping your eye on of course uh, your indiana hoosiers not ranked playing uh, at purdue tomorrow afternoon eric you had to throw that in there didn't you hey, indiana's going to the tournament i mean they're you know they're in an incredibly deep incredibly talented conference the big 10 you know what a lot better than the acc we, this year we talked about duke north carolina i'll tell you this i was there for a national championship i would trade me being there for one national title than having seven overall and not being mm. there what do you think okay. of that uh, I would and, say that, uh, well. And you being it, a soccer it, fan, and you being a soccer fan, not only yeah. I covered the team, but I was there the following year, Jerry Yeagley yeah. and the Hoosiers yeah. won the national soccer title. What uh, do you, you think were, of that? You were, you were at Indiana at a great time. I was. I mean, Indiana, Indiana football was even good it while was the, you were there. It was the best stretch they ever had. We had, we yes. had touchdown Tony. Anthony Thompson finished second mm-hmm. in the Heisman to Andre Ware. I, I think we went to like the old Oaken Bucket Bowl. Oh wait, that's what they do with Purdue. I, th- I yeah, think was- we went to a couple of crap bowl games, but who cares? We were good. We beat Michigan and Ohio State in the same year. There you go. That that was quite a year. Yeah. <laughs> that, is that it? Are we done? Uh, I have another one that is probably kind of short here, so we'll do it. My answer is okay. yes. Just Mace, in case you, you missed got? it. <laughs> Uh, the New York Liberty were fined $500,000 for breaking league rules after the team owners paid for charter flights and a team trip to Napa, both deemed impermissible benefits in violation of the WNBA collective bargaining agreement. I thought impermissible benefits was only something that could happen in college. I didn't know that pro leagues had, quote unquote, impermissible benefits because that just seems like if you have a richer owner, you should you'll get better treatment. I didn't know that that was outside of the bounds of the way professional sports leagues were run. So I was kind of surprised to see that they were fined. Is this almost MLB-esque self-sabotage by a professional sports league in the WNBA having this agreement in place? No, it's not at all. I don't think. Can I tell you why real quick before you go? Go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. Because the rules have to be even. Because if you are taking teams on trips to Napa and giving them a bunch of perks, yes, I know money matters. But in the WNBA, there's not a lot of money to be had like there is in the NBA. And as, a, as an owner, if you give perks, you are more likely to lure better players because of perks because they're not making a ton in salary. 
And the other thing is, like, the WNBA has a wide range of owners. I mean, you've got some teams that are owned by NBA teams with NBA owners who are very wealthy, including the New York Liberty, which is a part of the uh, uh, Madison Square Garden uh, empire. And then you have uh, other teams that are just run by kind of local consortiums where, you know, where – not like they're it's the whole thing of what Chris Rock would say about rich versus wealthy, right? I mean right. they, they got they're rich, but the New York Liberties owners are wealthy. Right. And what do you think Mark and, Davis and, can offer as an owner of a WNBA team? Oh, I think uh that he can offer the world and then some. Right. As because because of the wealth that he has owning the Las Vegas Raiders and and what he's he's got coming in. I mean, I think he owns the Las Vegas Aces as kind not something to make money off of but he loves women's basketball he loves the sport yeah. he's passionate about it and if you told him he could spend whatever he wanted on the Las Vegas Aces he would and for example something that was a permissible thing to spend he went out and got Becky Hammond who was working for the San Antonio Spurs right. to be the highest paid head coach by far in the WNBA right so there you go Nolan, great job today. Danny, outstanding job all week. Mace, hope you enjoyed your trip to the Combine. I know you're doing the show in Champaign-Urbana right now. Uh, go get yourself a Fighting Illini hat while you're there. By the way, you said you were going to bring me something back from Indianapolis. Yeah. What'd you get me? Remember, I don't know if you remember. And Danny was here. You said you were going to get me something. At the- you said you said you didn't want the cocktail sauce. That was my gift to you. Right. So. And I said, well, get something else. So what you're telling me is... By, by giving me the answer, you said you didn't want the cocktail sauce. That's or, code for I got you nothing. I said, or, I, yeah, what'd you get me? I'm just, or maybe I'll get you some uh, some really tasty cheese spread from Madison, Wisconsin. You know what? You know what I want you to get me? I'm dead serious. Okay. Can, can I say this real quick before we go? You, you're going to be in Madison, and I know somewhere in the gift shops or on campus, they have FM Bucky t-shirts. Right? If I see one, I'll get one. You gotta get me one. You, if I see one, I'll get please one. Please do. I, I want an yeah. FM Bucky shirt. Okay. Okay? Uh, okay. Get it in a large. I probably okay. wear medium, but get it in a large, it'll shrink. Okay. Thanks, pal. I appreciate you putting you on the spot. Now you have to spend money on me. Make it the best uh, possible weekend you can.